They're in the middle, right? That's in the middle of the balls and the ass, known as the gooch in Australia. Really? Yeah. And uh, in Spanish, it's called a nie. A nie? Because it's, it's, it's neither that nor that. Nie. Nie. I like that. I, I was talking about chodes, which is, is the same thing. And uh, an Australian came up to me afterwards and was like, mate, I don't understand at all what you were talking about. <laughs> and I was like, you know, it's the spot between your balls and your asshole. He was like, that's the gooch. And I'm like, the gooch? That's the beautiful thing about the English language is a chode can mean so many things to so many people. What does Dr. Phil calls it? <laughs> Whatever <laughs> Dr. Phil calls it is what we go with. Plain and simple. Well, uh, 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 I call it a taint, plain and simple. I don't know why my Dr. Phil is just Argus with yeah, a slight stutter. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Comedy Store Podcast. I am your host, Rick Ingram. I'm uh, back. It's Labor Day weekend. And uh, I'm not sure when you're going to be hearing this, but uh, I hope you had a good Labor Day weekend. And uh, with me tonight, good friend, funny comedian, Mr. Francisco Ramos. Yeah. Did I say that with the proper inflection? How how would you pronounce your name? Uh, You want me to pronounce it like how, like, uh, like Spanish accent? Traditionally, yeah. Francisco Ramos. My God, so much sexier. But I I would never say that. That'd be even, even in Spanish standards, that's ridiculous to say that. Okay. So the only way to say that, I mean, it was like if I was. Having sex with a girl, like, sure. and I'm like, she's like, tell me your name, Francisco Ramos. Fuck. I, I, I think if I was having sex with a girl and she asked me to say my name, that's I would say that too. <laughs> Just say Francisco, Francisco Ramos. Say, no, your name, Rick Ingram. Trust me, it's not going to be the same if I say my name. <laughs> um, Francisco, I've known you for a while now. I don't know how many years you've been here, seven or eight years. Yeah, maybe something like that. that yeah. Uh, when, did you, when did you first show up at the comedy store? When did you show up in L.A.? Uh, I showed up in L.A. in 2006. And you came from where? I came from uh, Maryland. Okay. I, I grew up there. I, uh, I, uh, for people I know, I was born in Venezuela, but I moved, me and my family moved to Maryland when I was 12. Went to school there, grew up there. What, what brought you to Maryland? What brought the family to Maryland? My mom, she uh, worked at uh, the Pan American Health Organization. Mm, and okay. then she got, basically, she got transferred. And it was only going to be like a two-year contract thing, but... It was like AT&T. We just kept renewing. Just kept going. Kept Damn. Going. Uh, so what, not, were you mad when you were a 12-year-old having to move I, to a new country? You know what? I, was, I, I wasn't happy. It wasn't like it was because it was at that point where it was in sixth grade and it was the point where I started going out to little parties with girls. And sure. like it was that whole thing of like I had my friends and so and they're like, oh, we got to go. So it was so and then obviously it's not like you're just moving from Maryland to Virginia. It's like, no, I'm moving yeah. to another Country without even culture. know the language. Yeah, you didn't cult- speak English, not at all. Uh, so did you have to do like English as a second language thing, or did, I? Uh, did I they would just throw you to the wolves. No, they threw that my that my mom because uh, being Catholic uh, woman, you know, she put me in this little private Catholic school, which only had like basically one grade per per year. Right. So there was no ESL class, no special class. No, so I basically, I just they just put me in the back, and okay. I had to I learn English by myself. I mean, I, they say that's like the quickest way to, to learn a language is just it's to be quickest, forced to do it. But it has, yeah, it has to just be hell. I mean, it was, yeah, it was like, because I remember just the whole, like the rest of the year, like I was just, I was just there. Like I was just like a monkey. It, uh, it's like Planet of the Apes, kind of like right. I was like, like, oh, now I can learn this right. and now I can learn that. And then uh, there was one time where I like, 
I was doing I was doing a uh, homework and I did this whole workbook. It was like until four in the morning. My parents were like, "Why do they give you so much homework?" And it turns out that they only I only needed to do one page. But you I did under, the whole thing. I did the whole thing. I understood that I had to do the whole Damn. book. Man, I mean, I guess that worked out for the rest of the uh, yeah the semester. You were already done. I but, was done basically, but yeah. Wow. So all right, and what grade at twelve? You're what a sixth grader. Sixth grader. Yeah. Man. So, but it, it was. But it's funny because after then we started seventh grade and and I understood English and right. I could talk too and so I was like so it basically took me like six months to to learn English and I I'm sure you can actually hear it over the podcast airwaves but uh, did did you have the Ricky Martin great looks when you were a twelve year old <laughs> no no I was very like I uh, had like uh, my dad, like I, I used to wear, like I was blind. Like I used to, I, I had the LASIK surgery. Done. Oh, you did? Yeah, but I was like, compl- I had like nine, negative nine and 10. Damn. So it was basically like yeah, completely almost blind. Almost legally blind. Like yeah. blind, yeah. So I used to wear, uh, I used to wear these glasses, like my dad, like huge nerdy glasses that my dad would wear. So, and I was wearing the same model. Awesome. Because, and then, so I was wearing all this thing and I was like, you know, I had the, Typical like uh, uh, like comb over comb swoop overs. going yeah so I was like I was nerdy looking you know oh, I wasn't yeah. never I, I wasn't a nerd but I was I look nerdy looking I feel like uh, this is probably what the mid nineties or something early nineties uh, how old are you I'm uh, I'm thirty three thirty three so all right so I'm and I was ninety when we moved it was ninety four all right so it, it's like a it, Sounds to me like um, your classic '90s movie where they try and make the the hot girl look <laughs> yeah. like a nerd by just throwing like really nerdy glasses. Somebody on her. actually, somebody like it, it was. I was walking in the hallway. Somebody just moved, removed my glasses, and that's when the music started so, playing. Yeah, and they were like, "Oh, he's he's popular now. <laughs> wow, he's the Francisco's the coolest guy in school." Woo! And then I started, and then the friends that I used to have, I was just stuffing them in their lockers because they weren't. <laughs> that's the whole plot of the movie, right? The old American story, hey, classic. I was Screech, but now I'm AC Slater. <laughs> Damn, that's that's the ultimate dream, I think, for most people to make that move. <laughs> to uh, become AC Slater. Yeah. Now, uh, do you, do you still have friends and stuff back in Venezuela? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I still have friends uh, that I grew up that I you know that I went in kindergarten with you right. know like that that I'm still talk to them uh so yeah i still have friends over there and then friends from dc friends from school friends from college so yeah do you uh do you f- have friends and family back in venezuela that are jealous that you got to come to america or <laughs> are they happy or they, it's kind of like a, oh that fuck you go to I, america. I mean they haven't if they are they never they told never me anything. i don't know yeah. but like i don't know because i mean it was uh we it was a uh i mean we just went and it, ha- it happened right at the time where like the Venezuelan government was going into the wrong direction with uh, Hugo Chavez and stuff like that. Right, heading towards so, that uh, socialism. Yeah, that whole thing. Let's so, take everything away from yeah, everybody. Yeah, so it kind of like, it was basically like a lot of people were moving after that too. So it wasn't like we just moved before it happened kind of thing. Got out just yeah, in time. Just in time. Well, that's pretty cool. And uh, and so you went to Maryland. And uh, and obviously, I mean, you, you got to be somewhat happy with the move now, you're a comedian. I can't yeah. imagine the comedy scene in Venezuela. Is, I mean, as, right now it's actually like it's 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 actually popular over there. Like really? we got like stand up, like because before you know like uh, Venezuelan comedy or and I think most Latino comedy, like it wasn't about doing stand up. It was more about doing impressions, and a lot of it is talking about the government and all this stuff right. because that's what people live through every day. Yeah, but, I find most uh, most foreign 
comedy in general is is political yep. satire. Yes. It's a lot of making fun of the decisions oh. the government are yeah. making. Yes. My, my wife's Israeli, and mm-hmm. a lot of the Israeli-themed uh, comedy shows is all about, it's just them doing impressions yeah. of people in parliament. Yeah, and that's, what it, and, that's what it is, even to this day, which right now stand-up in Venezuela is actually now what it is. It's actually stand-up, but obviously it's, people still talk about because it's so like... It's everyday conversation that you have to talk about it, you know? Like, right. But I've done uh, stand-up in Spanish, and I've done there, and I actually worked out. I've done the same material that I have here, and I basically translated it, and it, and it worked. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Just to think about doing that. Yeah. So, um, and so you've done comedy down there, you said? Yeah, I have. I've I, I done, I mean, a few shows when I go visit family and stuff like that, but just to show, just to see how it works out, and like... It's like it's funny because yeah, I, I'm completely bilingual, and but doing comedy is like stand up, you know, like it's about repetition and getting the timing and everything, right. and like even with different in Spanish, yeah, so. so it's like it's, there's some things that are like you can't like you gotta practice, so like right. it works, but it's definitely a thing that I'm like you could it's like starting over kind of way, right? Um, all right, and so you're in Maryland, and then did you go to? Where, did you go? Were you a terrapin? Did you yeah, go to I was college a terrapin. There? I was. Uh, I was there when we won the national championship for oh, basketball damn. with right. Juan Dixon. Nice, Steve Blake. God, Juan Dixon just creamed his jeans at the way you said his name. <laughs> he was. I don't know what happened to him. He was uh, like, I think after he went to, he went to like one year in NBA and then he just got fucked up. Yeah. I think I, who would have thought that Steve Blake would have the career that I know that, that he, better than he's that. one of those guys though, where he doesn't complain about the fact that sometimes they just stick him on the bench and let him, no. let him sit there for four games. Look, I think it's like being in the NBA, just being on the bench. I mean, you made it. Right? Yeah, you're getting paid good getting money. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, some of the guys get league minimum. Steve Blake's making four or five oh, million yeah. a year, so oh, yeah, he doesn't yeah. give a shit. Yeah, fuck yeah. Um, and what'd you major in? What was your? your uh, I major in finance and international business. I Damn. double major. Damn! Look yeah, at this no, this yeah. baller over here. Double double major. Oh, uh, what was what was the the goal of being so ambitious with that? Did you know you <laughs> wanted to be a comedian? <laughs> no, I never. My whole like the thing is like my whole life I uh, I. Like I said, I was very introverted too, like, you know, and like everything I, I wanted to be always kind of like be in the cool scene. So everything that I did was like kind of like following the steps of sure. what the cool thing was or what everybody was doing. And basically I was just like my whole life. And when I got to college, you know, like, and also my parents, like since I was little, like my, you know, I was like, oh, you're going to study business. Right. You're going to study business. You're going to, that's, you know. Smart. Like, it was, they kind of like ingrained me. So I was like, okay, I guess that's I, what I'm going to study. I kind of wish my parents would have done that because mine are just like, follow your dreams and do what you want. And I was like, I'm going to film school. And that's, it literally was the biggest waste That's of funny. Time. I have a joke that I do now about how like, yeah, like my parents are so supportive of their kid's dream, no matter what it is. It's yeah. like, I want to be a unicorn. Like, are you going to have the biggest horn ever? It doesn't, <laughs> like, it doesn't, like, it's like, like my parents are like, no, you're fucking, there's no. Business. That wasn't, there's no dream. Yeah. Like, you crazy? So I was like. So I studied that. I, I started doing finance and international business because that was the thing to do. And then, but then I, re, I uh, last semester uh, where I was going to take the class, which what I wanted to focus on finance, which was security analysis, which is like when you evaluate companies. Okay. I was like, oh, that's what I wanted to do. I took the class and it was, that was like the first eye opener that I had because it was like, it was such a disappointment of how I hated Right, and like I, you're like this kinda, is what I want to do. I yeah, don't think this is what I want to do. No, I kind of cheated my way through the whole thing, yeah. like too much. You know, I was like, 
and then that's when I started like the 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 ball started rolling like this is not right like right. I want to be passionate about something right and uh but yeah but then I got into uh right away my sister was working at an investment firm and I got an internship and I started working right there right away after college and then I started they gave me a job right there and then I was like same thing. You start thinking, tricking yourself, like, oh yeah, well, this is, this what is I'm okay. Supposed to do. Yeah, yeah. You know. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna make some good money. Yeah, and you know, that's the thing that you know, like, I'll go it's on the whole vacation two weeks a yeah. year. And, well, yeah. and then I get, then I get the MBA, and then I get married, right. and then I have kids, and I get divorced. You know, like the whole, right. like, kind of like following the path. Of yes, the, the common man. And I realized I had like a, I was called like I had like a quarter life crisis because okay. that I was like I started going. I'm like, look, if I do this, like I knew what my life was gonna be. If I kept doing what I do, like yeah. I knew I was going to marry the girlfriend that I had. I was going to, it was just, it was just, so I started, that's when I first started going, like thinking, I'm like, okay, what do I really like to do? Right. And uh, throughout my whole life, I always love making people laugh, like making fun of people. Sure. I mean, uh, love watching comedies and stuff like that. And during that, uh, during that time, like, uh, Whose Line Is It Anyways was popular, the show. Right. The Drew Carey. The, yeah, the, I was going to say the American Drew yeah, Carey yeah, version. Yeah, 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 the Drew Carey version. And uh, and I used to watch that all, and I used to, like, love watching it. And I, uh, so I remember going online, and I looked for an improv class to take. Sure. And I, so I went to the DC improv, and I took one class. And I didn't tell anybody. It was like I just went by myself on a Sunday. and I Smart. Yeah, and I... Uh, I took it and it was the first time I was like, I felt I was like, oh man, I, I'm good at this. I like it and I want to do it again. Right. That's another thing too. Like that was, I always did a lot of stuff that I was, I got bored quickly, you know, sure. like with sports, for example, like I can play a lot of sports, but I'm not good at one because I never stuck to one. Kind right. Of thing. You dabble uh, in everything. Yeah. You're like, you know, I'm, I'm just this kind is of not good. I'm just done. Yeah. So, uh, but then I took the name of class. I, we did. I went to this. This. Uh, we did a. Uh, you did a show at the end of the of the class in front of friends. And the first time I did a show, and it was with friends that I invited. And I was like, first time I got on stage, I I felt like it felt good. Like it felt like okay, I'm. Yeah. I like this. Yeah, it's a good feeling. And then and then after that, you start taking all classes, and everything in my life kind of changed. Then I was like, I used to go out all the time. I used to promote, you know, and uh, at a club, and uh, you know, I stopped. I stopped doing that. Like Fridays nights, I would, I would, I was interning in this comedy sports in Arlington, Virginia. I was like, a, we have comedy sports in Kansas City yeah, too. Yeah, where they were the thing. You know, yeah, that's the, one team versus the other. Yes. And yeah. So I interned in one of those, and I remember Hilarious. just in just trying to get. So I did that for like a year, a year and a half, and then um, and then that's when I started, or uh, you know, like going like, well, if I really want to do this, I gotta move, right? Because I have to go where the you have to go where it's where reasonable that? to yes. to follow it as a career. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting the the bug you get the first time you really perform for people and you're making people laugh and you're like, "Oh, this this, this is, is awesome." How, how did you go? I uh I I always loved comedy. Um my my parents are real funny people. Mm-hmm. Uh I always my dream growing up I always wanted to be on Saturday night live. Yeah. So, I was real big into um to all the SNL people and uh, I remember watching like Eddie Murphy raw and yeah. delirious with my, my dad and my brother and thinking it was funny, but you know, I was a kid and I didn't understand half what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the first time I remember watching a comedy special and just loving it was Chris rocks, bring the pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember watching just being like, and I knew who he was from Saturday night live where he did Nat X and yeah. a bunch of other funny characters, but 
just watching him do like an hour, I was like, this is what I want to do. Uh, yeah. And then I always kind of, you know, talked about it, like, uh, you know, the high school uh, talent show type thing. Oh, so you would like, do all that stuff. I, I, I didn't do it. I just always was like, I'm going to do this. Yeah. I, I would do like skits with my, my friends, mm-hmm. uh, Eli and Mark mm-hmm. and Shees yeah. and those guys, some, some of them, you know, uh, we do skits in front of the high school or whatever it was. We yeah. get great laughs. So I kind of enjoyed that aspect of it. And it was still, I still kind of focused solely on doing SNL type stuff. Yeah. And then uh, my senior, summer before my senior year of high school, uh, I was uh, vice president of the student council because mm-hmm. I was I was a nerd. Wow. And vice um, president, you didn't never make it. The, you were like Biden. Yeah. Well, I, I ran with uh, the way they did it at high school. Is they you run like president in the United States. It was you run with someone. Oh, be president, so vice you were president. Okay. Okay. And uh, so the other guy had I to die with, in order for you to become president. Yeah, I, I ran with a girl who actually she became my girlfriend. Oh wow! And uh, it, it lasted for you know a good Scandal. four months, and yeah. then uh, then I broke up with her because there's too much pressure. Too much I think. politics. Yeah, and then uh, so I, I actually we won at the end of our junior year. And then we broke up. What mid-summer. was your slogan? You had a slogan? God, I, I don't think so. I remember hanging up. Uh, like pro wrestling was real popular. Yeah. Late nineties. I graduated in ninety nine. So, mm-hmm. um, Stone Cold was real big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so I, I had a bunch of signs hung up all over the school that said <laughs> Rick three sixteen. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I remember the principal pulling me aside and being like, uh, "I need to talk to you about these." And I'm like, oh, "I'm going to get in trouble because I'm mocking religion or whatever." Yeah. He's like, uh, it's been brought to my attention that this is the international time of getting high. I was like, no, no, that's, that's, <laughs> that's 420. 420. He's like, oh, well, what's this? I'm like, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm mocking a Bible verse. And he's like, mm, we should probably take those down anyway. <laughs> so that was the only one I can remember. So I, I don't fun. know what I ended up being able to use, but I'm pretty sure that the, the girl I ran with, uh, Jana, she, I think she just wanted to use me for my ability to give a speech in front uh, of school. Okay, you, you were good at that. Yeah. yeah. So like the, the people we ran against went up and, uh, they gave some speech about how qualified they were and, yeah, yeah. you know, all that. Well, I all was on simple. prom committee this <laughs> year and I'm going to make sure that everything is great. We're going to get free, uh, cheese pizza and yeah. Fridays. <laughs> exactly. Like they had, uh, they had this whole shtick planned out with yeah. how great they were. And I just went out there and I was like, yeah, this is for all the people who don't care about qualifications. <laughs> I was just like, a total degenerate so it was like a asshole. stand-up set like right yeah. there. yeah yeah i was wearing like a green leisure suit oh, and, that's uh, hilarious. and so we won and uh part of the deal then was we got sent to the student council exec board got sent to um leadership camp mm-hmm. with a bunch of people from all over the world mostly the united states but there was a bunch <laughs> of random weirdos from like yeah. some girl from belgium that was real cute i remember and uh, a couple guys from a guy from estonia uh-huh and uh, so they sent us to Lake Tahoe okay. for a week to learn leadership skills. Yeah. And I'm sure some of these people ended up being, you know, state senators and shit. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I remember getting there and being like, oh, my God, Lake Tahoe is beautiful. And then they told us, you know, gave us our schedule. And there was no, there's no, like, hanging out outside, enjoying uh-huh. being in Lake Tahoe. And I was just like, this fucking blows. Yeah. So me and a couple other people would sneak out. We'd get up at like five in the morning before the counselors woke up and we would just hike out. Oh, cool. And we were like, we were in Nevada, probably about four or five miles from the California state line at South Lake Tahoe. And so like one of the days was like, let's just walk to California. Yeah. And so we did that. And then we got in trouble, obviously, because we missed out on like the, which color describes your personality <laughs> type? Four hour lecture course. <laughs> and um, 
part of their their punishment was that they wouldn't call our school if we participated in their talent show. Uh, okay. So the first. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. First time I ever did stand up was I told him I would do comedy at the talent show at the end of the week. And uh, I went up and I did about 12 minutes talking about how shitty the camp was <laughs> and what a ridiculous farce it was yeah. to make kids do this. Like it meant something. Yeah. And it, I was just crushing because everyone was like, he's just saying terrible shit about yeah. this place. Yeah. And all the counselors are just staring at me like, you evil son of a bitch. <laughs> and I remember this guy, Ricardo, was one of the counselors. and he pulled Ricardo, me that's Ricardo. a Czech dinosaur name. Yeah. He pulled me aside. He's like, hey, I want to talk to you. I'm like, yeah, yeah, what's up? He's like, I just want to let you know, man, you got a lot of really amazing leadership skills. And we're all just hoping you don't use them for the wrong thing. And I remember being like. Note to self, use them for the wrong thing. <laughs> Definitely don't use these for the embetterment of man. He was trying to be like that, like telling like Peter Parker, like yeah. trying to like, hey, you know, with great power, exactly. comes great response. You're like, nah, fuck. I'm it. like, I'm fuck gonna... responsibility. <laughs> I'm going to use these webs to fucking stick people to walls. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I did that and I, I loved it. And um, so then uh, we, I wasn't old enough to obviously get into comedy clubs because I was yeah. still 17 and um, f- went to college First semester or the summer after the first semester of college, I, I did a couple open mics. And the college was where in? Uh, first, I went to college in Santa Fe, New Mexico, uh-huh. and then I transferred to KU, University of yeah. Kansas. And uh, while I was at KU, my buddy John Sheezer, yeah, he uh, came up one day to party. He'd, he'd drive from the college he went to in Iowa and come and party with me. And he was like, dude, uh, I went and did stand-up last week in Kansas City, and uh, I did great. I got like third place. And I was like, what? You did stand up, <laughs> and so he, he signed. You want want me to sign you up? I'm like yeah. fuck yeah! So yeah. after that, I started doing it, and then I, I never stopped. Uh-huh. I pretty much did it at least once a week there for two years, and then yeah. the same thing you were saying. Where it's just like, why am I doing stand up? Yeah. Why am I doing this in Kansas? In yeah, yeah. So uh, I made a decision, moving to New York or L.A., and uh, came in to L.A. And why did you pick L.A.? Because also I also was deciding between. For me, it was. Uh, one of the reasons was like, well, one reason was like, cause I also love SNL and I like right. wanted to be. And so like when I was looking at where to go to do this improv, I was looking like, oh, the people who came out from SNL, sure. a lot of came from the Groundlings. Second City, Groundlings. You know? So I was yeah. like, and I was like, yeah, I want to focus on characters. Right. So uh, that's one decision. And another decision was too, cause I, I lived in DC and it's four hours from New York. And I was like, I want to live by, like, I want to do this by myself. Go somewhere else. Like, where nobody, because yeah. I knew if I knew moved to New York, I could have just drive Anytime every weekend. Yeah. So it's like, I was like, no, I want to, like, live by myself, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm in the middle of the country, so I'm about 2,500 miles from either place. But uh, when I when I really made the decision, my, my goal became I was going to move when I was 21. Once I was old enough to get mm-hmm. into the clubs, yeah. I was going to move. And... uh my first opportunity to to check out one of the places was over Christmas break, my yeah. junior year of college. Yeah. And I came to LA like the week before Christmas and it was like eighty five 
and perfect. <laughs> it, yeah. And I stayed with my, uh, one of my buddies from college. He was from LA or his parents at least had moved to LA. So I stayed with them down in Redondo Yeah, and went to the beach and it's just like, this is fucking great. And one of the, one of his father's business partners, uh, got me, hooked me up with a comic and he took me to the comedy store, uh-huh. and I got to go up in the belly room. Oh, you did? And, nice. uh, with uh, Jerome Clearly shit? I wish. It was, uh, I don't even that's remember. That's how it I started. Really? Like, that's, those the first, I, I started coming here, and... Um, well, all right, so what brought you to the comedy store? So, you know, I started doing, uh, I did Groundlings. Okay. I started doing Groundlings, because I wanted to do improv, and then, like, you know, I started doing it, and uh, I made, you know, I advanced to the next level and all this stuff, but then... I, I didn't find, I wanted to find like a group of people. I never found that core group of people that are on the same page. Right. Like, so. That was always my problem with, with improv. improv. Stuff it's too, like, because it's like, I think improv is great when you, when it's like two other people that aren't like everyone lonely island yeah. guys or right. good neighbors guys, you know, like yeah. those guys, like they, they're on the same page. Right. And there's one guy who's like, I'm not even going to perform. I'm just going to shoot you guys. Right. You know, like I never found, found that. So it was yeah, like, me neither. I start, and then also it was getting expensive doing all these, uh, classes, oh, yeah. you know, cause it's like 400 Biggest bucks. Biggest scam up. of all time. But yeah. And yeah. then I realized too, like, is this is like, like everything in life is like, they, they want who they want. So yeah. then everybody else is just basically just, you're just away paying money. for them to do what they want. Yeah. Yeah. So then I was like, well, I'm just going to start doing stand up because you don't have to it's count free on anyone else and you don't have to count on everything else. Yeah. So I started doing a lot of open mics and I do open mics. And then obviously one of the open mics was here on the Sundays and Mondays. Sure. So I started coming in and doing those open mics. And, um, and this is what year this is, this was, was like late. Uh, I think cause he, I mean, cause was Tommy the talent coordinator? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Tommy was there. So, so this was is like, like 2008. 2007. Yeah, I think 2007 seven, okay. because I think I moved 2006 and it took me, I mean, like a while to get into the, because I, as soon as I moved here, my girlfriend broke up with me and then it was like, it was a whole, it was like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah, yeah. Be, you know, this whole thing. So it took me a while to it, actually start It's important to up. have a personal crisis when you first arrive. It was, it, it, you're, you start at rock bottom. It's it a was lot easier. Bre- it was like, I mean, I never been on a, like never suffer for any depression or anything like that. But I think the first time that I, it was like, it was like a scene from a movie. I remember I was like living in this shitty studio apartment in Westwood. And like, I remember like my girlfriend broke up with me and I was like, just laying on the bed, everything was closed, just dark. Like, and then you could tell, like the the TV was on, but nothing was like <laughs> right. Like I was like this. I remember you like, don't even have the fucking passion to <laughs> change the channel. You're I, just like, I don't even care. I was like, this is horrible. But you know, I think yeah. But the best thing that happened to me was because like after that, I was like, well, now I'm just gonna focus 100 percent on comedy. Yeah, and what I came here to do. Right. So, so yeah, I think 2007. That's when I started like coming, like doing like because. Doing open mics like every day because I got a job. I was like, when I moved there, also I was like, I always love being realistic, and I think that's another thing that I tell comics that or people that want to start like, just be realistic right. with your expectations. Yeah. So even when I first moved there, I was like, I'm gonna get a job, and an investment firm. I got a job in an investment firm because I was like, well, I'm gonna, you know, if you need to sh- make money, and I need yeah. to make money. And if it doesn't work out, I can always move back or whatever. At sure. least I'm not. And it's funny because like things happen for a reason. I got the best job that I could have in order for me to do comedy because I got this job and the, it was like the, the easiest job, like a monkey could do it. So it wasn't that much stuff. And the hours were East Coast hours. So I would start working at 6.30 in the morning, but I was done at 2.30. Right. So then 
That's great. We could, I could just do every open mic. So I started doing open mics after work every time. Right. And, uh, and then one of the, yeah, definitely one of the open mics that I would start doing was the comedy store. And, uh, and then I, as soon as I was doing open mics, I started hanging out too. Yeah. And I, I would say like, I like, I, cause I used to go, I went to the Laugh Factory and then to the improv and then just, uh, the comedy store was a place that you can, and that you can still do that. You can hang out and you don't feel like an outsider. Right. Like you don't feel like you're like disturbing like yeah. when, like why are you here yeah when, when i used to go to the improv uh early in my career they don't really care anymore but when when i they didn't know who i was they mm-hmm. always did make you feel like yeah if you're not on the lineup just get the you, fuck you out get, of yeah here. that's what i felt the same and thing. this place is great because it i mean just the fact that you're in the patio and you yeah. can just hang there. there's so many places you can hang out and no one will ever even know that you're there no no it's not and like eventually it it can be sad yes. for some people. Like one of my favorite things I witnessed in the OR was Sebastian one night just going off. And he's like one of my favorite comedians. Oh, he's, one, he's, one, he's one of my favorite comedians. Uh, <laughs> he was doing a set and I don't know who he saw. He's looking out the window and then he just started going on this rant about the, who are these people? <laughs> Why are they here? Like, They're just hanging out. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. think a director's going to come and see you drinking on the front patio? <laughs> and I started dying laughing, just like, God, it's so sad. I, I hope no one ever thought that guy was yeah, me. But I, mean, they, yeah. I started working here soon enough, I guess, that, and I'm, I think you did too. Yeah, I, I mean, well, what happened was like, so I started doing the open mics and here, I mean, I don't know if they still do it like how it was, but like you would start doing open mics and then eventually like... If you get like the first, second, like you, that's people don't know you, whatever. But then if you start getting late on the lineup, like that's when the man, you know, and the manager Dean and right. uh, what, like they start getting to know, like, oh, this guy's kind of funny, you put know, him we'll there, put him up yeah. later, you know. So I started doing that. And then I started hanging out on, on the weekends and I, especially on Fridays because I, there was a show in the belly room with Jerome Cleary. Right. Show, I remember and- harassing him <laughs> endlessly about his giant head. <laughs> but yeah and then uh so uh so then what i i told i i told him like hey i wanna uh I, I was like hey can i uh can i do the the music just to be part of the thing okay. you know just to get in you, were, uh, you wanted to run the soundboard the for the sound, belly room for the belly okay. room you know just to be part of the sure. thing and then like and then he's like yeah yeah and then i remember i always remember this thing because he's like one time he's like well i'm gonna I'm going to tell I'm going to make you one of these uh, Fridays. I'm going to make you, you're going to bring up the host. And I remember like in my <laughs> crappy studio apartment practicing oh. how to bring up the host. <laughs> That's awesome. Like I was like, all right, guys, you guys ready for a good show? <laughs> <laughs> like just practicing just to say that. Not even doing stand, not even doing any sets. Got to get my, got to get my excitement. Yes. Cheerleading up to par so I can o- open up, open up to the cold, <laughs> the Jerome Cleary belly room show. So uh, it was Jerome, the host. I don't remember who was the host. That's the best. But I, but I was like, I, I just always remember. You, you that. took it serious. I was like, taking like, like I practiced that this. like an hour. <laughs> That's and I was, I mean, I was like, but like, but to me that was like a big deal because the first time I was gonna go on stage and kind of yeah. like, but you know, Jay, so, Jay Davis and uh, Josh Nasser used to run a Friday belly room I know, show. I remember watching because it's funny because I remember watching Josh Nasser coming in when he was wearing. He had the Hummer mm-hmm. and this whole like with like this whole Playboy bunnies sure. and just like eh, just all tan and like I'm and the man. And it's funny because now he makes fun of that, like how he was all like, why, yeah. why did I do that shit? Yeah, and that was all after 
uh, PJ wrecked his Jaguar <laughs> by jumping off the roof through his the the roof of his car. He did. Yeah, there was a PJ who I'll I'll, I'll interview him at some point because he's quite the character. But nah, PJ is nah. a, a guy that I started open mic with, and uh, so he, you started doing open mics, and that's how you got hired. Yeah, because I was. So how did you like? They just who came who came to uh, uh, Eleanor. Uh, was a waitress at the time. She was like the head waitress yeah. and she approached me and um, Ren is easy and, Ari here and a couple already. other people. They, they worked here and they were, they hosted the open mic a lot. Yeah. And uh, Ren is easy. kind of put in a word for me. I was an impressionist back then. Mm -hmm. And everyone was like, you know, Mitzi likes impressionists and that could help you get in or whatever. So I remember Eleanor coming up to me and being like, uh, I went, I used to sign up for the open mic under the name Dick Ingram. I thought that was <laughs> clever. She was like, uh, so yeah, the guys like you and stuff. Are you interested in working here? I was like, yeah. She's like, you get stage time. They pay real shitty, but yeah. you know, you can develop as a comic. I'm like, cool. And she's like, what's, is your name really Dick? Is that really what you go by? I'm like, no, no I mean, that's my, what I go by on stage. <laughs> that's my like, stage that's stupid. Yeah, yeah. What, what, what do your friends call you? She busts my balls a bunch and, uh, then they gave me a job. Me and Mark Hatchell got hired on the yeah, same day. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I started working here and, uh, that, that was cool. Back then we had open mic Sunday, Monday, yeah. Tuesday. Oh, Tuesday too? Tuesday as well. Wow. And, uh, comedy was as dead as can be like even Friday nights, there was no one at the comedy wow. club. But, um, the, the one show that was always great was the belly room on Friday night. And he was a Jay Davis show. And then he handed it over to Josh Nasser. Mm. And it was always packed with like young Hollywood yeah. socialites or whatever. Yeah. And uh, they used to give me the, you can go up before the host, bring the host uh, up. Man, cold open, so that man, was, yeah, man. that was my, I worked the back door and yeah. uh, I would go up and do four minutes or whatever yeah. they were up top. And then, all right, you guys ready to start the yeah. show? <laughs> but that was like, that was the one spot a week that I was like yeah. proud to do. I mean, Even yeah. though I was going up first, it was like, you know, it's not, not eight people at an open mic. It's. Yeah. 30, 40 people packed into a small yeah. room and yeah, yeah. Um, they were all already drunk and probably on Coke and stuff. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, and then I had to sit down at the back door and I remember Nasser coming up to me and giving me a clipboard and be like, here's the list. And I'm, like, I'm not doing this. <laughs> you got to do the list. I'm like, I'm not doing the list. People, people want to feel like they're on the list. I'm like, cool, get someone else to do it. And then he went and told Dean and Dean, bro, you got to do the list. I'm, like, right, I'm not yeah, doing the list. <laughs> All right. I'll tell Josh to do the list. <laughs> so then they would just do the list at the top of the steps. People would come up. Yeah, yeah. I'm on the list. Like, cool. Just go down there. I'm not, <laughs> I don't do the list, but yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely interesting. Yeah. For, cause for me, when I got hired was, uh, so I was doing the, the open mics and I was hanging out on Fridays doing that, uh, helping Jerome doing that. And, uh, and then one night I was, uh, I don't know if it was a Friday or a, or a Saturday, and I was watching the show, the OR show in the back. Okay. you know how you, they can yeah. let you. Uh, so, so I was watching it. Sitting in the comic section. Yes. And then all of a sudden, uh, Tommy, the, wow. who was it? Wow. Well, he comes up to me out of nowhere. He's like, well, what's your deal? And I'm the like. Classic Tommy line. Yeah. He loves and, which I didn't, like, which my first thought was like. Oh fuck! I got in trouble because I'm not supposed to be here. I was like, I'm just watching the show. He's like, No, I seen you doing the open mics, and you know, and I seen you hanging on the bottom. Hey, yeah, and I seen you. You're funny, man. And then I was like, Oh yeah, thanks. It's like, uh, yeah. And then he gave me this typical, uh, uh, typical uh, Tommy line. He's like, You know, this place it attracts people. Man. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. it gives you the you know. Oh, the building's a magnet. <laughs> yes, for talent and weirdos. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's one of mine. <laughs> 
<laughs> so he gave me that thing. And he's like, well, you know, it's like, do you ever, you want to work here? And I was like, uh, and at that point, like I said, I was working. You had a regular the job. regular job. Yeah. And I was like, and I, uh, and I heard people, like I heard people like getting hired was a big deal. Cause you get, you know, yeah. you get to be part of the comedy store and like, and I was like, well, yeah, I could work, but I'm like, you know, I work, I have a regular job and I don't know if that's gonna, you know, cause you have to stay here real late. Yeah. And, and I was like, ah, don't worry about it, man. You know? So, so then I started, you know, that he's like, I'm going to talk to Dean. And, and then I started working. And I remember like the first day it was like, so typical of a comic store. I get there, like they just give me a shirt. They're like, "All right," and I'm like, "What am I supposed to do?" <laughs> yeah, like ne- nobody. I had no to, instructions. No, yeah. it was Jimmy Pitt, the one who basically took me under. A, great, Jimmy. great general to have leading you <laughs> towards the promised land. He's the one that has. Hey, like, hey. <laughs> ain't ain't nothing to do. Just stand around. Don't do shit. <laughs> just turn. Just fucking turn the lights up here. Just turn the lights on here. You got that? Yeah. So wow. then I started working, you know, and then. uh so who is your uh, who are who are your coworkers? It's you, Pid. It was Pid. It was uh, well. I think also like during that time, I think I met Edgar. Uh, it got hired as well, and Tony Hinchcliffe. Okay. And, uh, Sean Halpin still working Sean there. Sean Halpin was he was kind of like the front door guy yes. a lot of the time. Uh, it was uh, uh, P. Uh, not, uh, PJ. No, no, no. Uh, BJ was also working. BJ uh, Bales. BJ Bales. Yeah, the cover booth guy. The cover booth. He was yeah. working the cover booth and. Uh, and uh, and then well Doc obviously and then uh Sheezer uh, oh yeah yeah uh, yeah because you weren't working like you were already yeah, passed I, I, when when I you, got when fu- I started yeah, working I'd already been fired by Polly oh so you got fired by Polly yeah oh, wow. I got fired from working the door while I was on the road with Polly for not getting a Friday night shift covered <laughs> and uh, it but, was because Polly told you to come with yeah you, yeah right? well and he was supposed to take rent as easy and I might have talked about this before so if I have then. Uh, sucks to be the people listening, but um, <laughs> reminisce. Yeah, he uh, he's supposed to take Ren is easy on the road, and then uh, Ren is easy booked a commercial, I think. Mm-hmm. So he had to film on Friday, and so Paulie called me on like Wednesday and was like, "Dude, we're going to South Carolina, bro." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, okay." And so I got, I had, I think I had Thursday, Friday, Saturday shifts. Yeah, and I got Thursday and Saturday covered, but no one would cover my Friday because yeah. no one wants to work Friday night. Yeah. So I was just like, all right, whatever. I'm going to Polly. <laughs> Screw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Dean talked to Polly Friday. And I think it was like Saturday. We were at lunch or something. He was like, dude, you get your shift covered. I'm like, yeah, no one would work for me. He's like, dude, that's it. You're not being responsible, bro. It's like, you told work. me to come. Yeah, I'm like, I'm, do- I'm doing this for you. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, dude. And you can't work anymore. I'm like, am I getting fired? Did you just fire me from? This is terrible news. Uh, um, and then I only lasted on the road with him another couple months before he fired me from that so so you got so you got fired and then how long did wait until you get passed i i, I was already passed I, oh you were already passed yeah okay. i got passed um i started working here and i want to say april or may of 2003 okay and i got passed um and end of september of that same year so i worked here for like six oh, months okay and I got really lucky, wow. and Mitzi was in a passing mood, and, uh-huh. um, and she, she was still me. coming in. Cause, yeah, yeah. She, she yeah she still came in probably once a week at that point, and she would do showcases once a month, roughly. Okay, oh, wow. and there was like a long list of showcasers, and you still had to showcase for her. Yeah, uh, to be an employee. So oh, that's what wow. I was doing. I, oh. I was just trying to keep my door doorman job. Okay, and uh, 
and it worked out well. It was a terrifying experience, but yeah, she liked it for whatever reason. And and then I, I'm I'm positive that all the comics talked a lot of shit about me behind my back. Yeah, I mean, I'm a lot of them have been trying for years, and yeah, I probably had a solid two and a half minutes of material, and she was giving me 15 minute spots that I was just <laughs> fucking eating dicks on, up there. <laughs> It was brutal, but yeah. it, it definitely taught me so, how to yeah. be a funny comedian. Of course. So. Yeah, that's what I mean. I think that's one of the things of the comedy store. I would say, like, the comedy store taught me, because when I, that's the thing, when I started working here, like, uh, just those, uh, just going up in the, in the potluck. Right. That's what I, I, because uh, same thing, like Danish and O'Neill were doing the, a lot of the hosting and sure. they were brutal with everybody. Absolutely. So it's like, it kind of like, it's one of the things, like, at the comedy, like, you got to be like, it's kind of like being on the army and like, you got to very fucking like, like they're going to beat you up and like you yeah, got to yeah. stand up and kind of like confront them because if not, you're just going to get destroyed. They're just going to yeah tear you apart. Yeah. That's, that's one of the things that I always felt really made this place very fraternity. Like it was fraternity. Like it was I've like never straight, been in fraternity, but I thought that was, but I mean the, the, the hazing that goes on, like they, all those dudes, like I was saying, Ren is easy, Ari, Skippy Simon, Dave Taylor, those guys just tore my balls apart. Yeah. I was doing impressions and shit, and they're yeah, just yeah. like, and a lot of them were just terrible Will Ferrell ripoffs. <laughs> and they were just like, you should never do those impressions again. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, the crowd liked it. Yeah, and they're yeah. like, yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> You're awful. You should hate yourself. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. And, you know, I talk shit back and I held my own. And yeah, you just held your own. And you get the respect eventually. You start like, getting the right. respect. And then they're like, because then I, I, when I started noticing is when I was start, when I did my sets, and then. That I would I would be done and then they would come up and to bring the other next person and they'd be like oh that was good all right so and then they wouldn't make fun of anyone yeah. so I'm like okay I'm uh, getting I mean, there yeah. I'm like I'm cool they're like <laughs> yeah. they they respect me they're like they think I'm funny so it's like yeah so. well, it was always a wonderful feeling at the comedy store when you got the host to be like all right that was pretty good yes. this next guy is gonna suck really bad <laughs> yeah, though and yes. you're like yes I'm not the guy that sucks really bad yeah there was nothing said that was great yeah I was just set up as the good one <laughs> yeah, yeah that's awesome but yeah to me it was like what I would say like the comedy store really helped me become just a person on stage right because it's like it didn't really uh because obviously when you start when I started doing open mics and stuff like that you start doing all the being robotic I'm like oh I'm gonna do this you know right. I'm like and the com- you know, and just doing this potlucks where like sometimes there's nobody or like you, you had to be, you had to talk, you had to, t- yeah. you have to just be yourself. And yeah, I mean, I, I remember watching you when you were early in your doorman days, and it was, uh, I mean, it, it was you were definitely better than your peers, mm-hmm. but it was it was very. Um, jo- just kind of jokey, I of guess. Of course, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, that's where everyone starts. You're just trying to find out who you are. Yeah. But- it's vastly, vastly different now. Like yeah. your, your growth as a comedian is exponential compared to a lot of the guys that I've witnessed over the years where you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah, you yeah. really figured out kind of what your voice is, what and, your character and is. And also and it's like watching guys like you guys, watching guys like Sebastian, watching yeah. guys like, I mean, like, I mean, that was, that was the whole thing too about working here that, you know, like, I agree. Like when I, cause you learn like, who the killers are and how they kill. And how that, yeah. yeah. Th- that's a cool thing too. Like I, uh, that's why it was the best shifts that I had was like Fridays or Saturdays sitting people in the OR. Right. Because you know, like those were that you would see, like the 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 cream of the crop of tricks like, of the trade. How they would like, yeah. you know, just how they would talk to people, how they would go. Like I I remember even like watching sometimes like Sebastian and I don't, I don't know if he was talking to Steve Renzizi or or, or Al Madrigal or whatever. They're just talking. 
and they're like, oh, you're next. And they just go up and they would do this. And then I'm like, what the? How yeah. do they just, can they, how can they just go walk without like not thinking what they're going to Not gonna planning s- about their set and stuff. And they would be the same person that they yeah. were just doing. And I'm like, and they were like, okay, so that's how it is. Yeah. It's like, you know. Yeah. So when I, when I first started really um, kind of developing as a comic was when I was working here and uh, Sebastian and Caparillo were like the two murderers. The two, oh, they would yeah. just go up and kill all the time. Mm-hmm. And I just remember watching it. And Sebastian's like one of the first comics I ever watched. I when you start like, working, they're so already passing. They're already oh, yeah. killing. And they're like, yeah, like I started working, I want to say like three months before Cap did uh, Montreal and just uh, really kind of fucking his career just started rolling. Yeah. Um, like one of the first weekends I worked here, Eddie Griffin was doing main room shows. Uh, he was doing like those And like Cap opened for him. Okay. And just destroyed the room. And I remember watching and just being like, like I was the I wasn't the main seater. Jim Painter sat the room, but I was like the assistant seater. <laughs> and uh, but it was cool because I mean I got to watch the show. Yeah. I just remember watching him destroy and being like, "Oh fuck, that's that's how, a different thing. I got to yeah. do this." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I watched Sebastian a lot. He was like my favorite. I would watch him every time he went up, even if I was supposed to be working or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just be like, "Well, if I'm working the lot, no cars are getting moved for 15 <laughs> minutes." And then I would I tried like. My comedy style, like I was trying so hard to basically be Sebastian. Like all my it's, jokes were in Sebastian cadence, uh, 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 but I'm not Sebastian. Yeah, it's so funny because like, I, hmm. I did. I was talking actually today about uh, because I uh, what, Sebastian was. I mean, I he was the guy. I was like, oh man, I I kind of like resonated with him because I was like the stuff that he talked about. I was like, oh, that's the kind of comedy that like I want to do, and like just the way he would, you know, the way this cadence yeah. and everything. I was like, oh, and like. He's funny because he's the first guy that one of the first guy, uh, one of the first or second guy, but like that took me on the road, you know, like right. cause he saw me one time at the, in the in the main room just doing some show, and then I guess he told Tommy, and then Tommy Sebastian like that, yeah, you know, like you know, <laughs> and he looks yeah. like you know, so like, but he took me on, so I I opened for or for for Sebastian in a couple of shows, and you know when I used to go to the DC and he would do the DC improv. And it was great because it was what I was visiting my family, family but at the same yeah. time. I was that's awesome. But uh, but I was talking like to my. I was saying like uh, then I stopped kind of like I he he stopped taking me on the road and I'm like and I'm glad he did in a way because like I if I I was becoming too much I was doing the too same Sebastian, thing to yeah. Sebastian yeah. and then I was like then you know because obviously somebody that you like yeah. like and then you start you know subconscious you start imitating him. Yeah, I got into a uh, I got into a conversation with some uh, lady on Twitter today who was commenting that I don't know who she was talking about, but she said that last night in the the Saturday main room show, someone, some girl went up at one. I went up at like ten fifteen mm-hmm. or eleven fifteen. Mm-hmm. She said some girl went up at one and did a a bad version of my act, and. She's like, I, I don't understand. What, don't comics watch all their the other comic sets so they know what to talk about and what not to talk about? I'm like, yeah. no. No, not funny. Very, no. very few comedians I can actually watch. Yeah, Most of the time that's it's true. painful. But I, if you watch too much comedy, you will eventually you become, start, you even start if it's doing. subconscious. Like subconscious. You said, it's just, yeah, yeah. You're like, okay, that's that's a style I want. A lot of my jokes when I first started trying to write jokes before I was did a lot of crowd work um, was... It was either in Sebastian uh, kind of formula or Caparillo yeah. formula. 
And the it's funny because those are the two guys that I really also when I was working that I would notice how they would they, they, they formula, just knew, yeah, like how for, they would like they had their thing down. Yes, and it worked so well for yeah, them. Yeah. I'm like, okay, so that works. And then it, after failing at doing that for a mm -hmm. while, it became clear to me that uh, both of those guys are such tremendous characters. Yes, their point of view is so it's so them. Like I even asked one time Sebastian, I was like, well, like. Like, when did you find your point of view? It's like, I always had it. I just had to learn how to be funny about it. Right. But I always I always had that point of view of, like, I hate everything. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, ah, oh. I was like, okay, that's why. It was already there, you know. Yeah, I've heard great stories from people because Sebastian's only, as long as I've been here, he's only crushed. He's always been a killer. Yeah. But people's stories about early Sebastian are so funny because, like, you know, he, he, he was basically still Sebastian, but it just... Didn't go over well. Yeah. Now he'd always open with some line and be like, the week I had today. <laughs> it, to me, that's like, that's so funny. But just picturing non that's what, yeah. killer. But Sebastian it's funny because it's like when you're trying, like, because he could say that right now and I could picture him, like, yeah. people laugh right away. Yeah. Like, oh, the week I had today. And yeah. people just, but like, I guess at that time you were four. It, it, I mean, it, it, it just, I, they said he just came off as like this bitter, angry yeah, guy. And yeah. I was like, fuck him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I I, I never had, I, I kind of had, I guess, someone like that where you go on the road and kind of get to see like headlining mm -hmm. sets with dice. Uh, but okay. my first experience was with Polly, and it was literally just like, never do any of this. <laughs> never be like this at all. And it's not, I mean, it works great for him, but yeah, it's just yeah, like, yeah. I, I can't be the fucking, yeah, the Weasley the guy that's all of his bits are about fucking and cum stains and <laughs> just, it, for me, it, it wouldn't work. Like no one would look at me and be like, yeah, I bet that guy, is, he's experienced a lot of giant cum stains. And that's the thing. It's like, you know what? I think one time, like, it's like you were saying about Thomas Sebastian, it's like, you just gotta, you have to have like, sometimes some people can like, for, for example, some guys can curse a lot and it looks good on them if people can relate can appreciate yeah, that natural. if i start cursing a lot people are like all right take it easy calm What's down guy. Yeah. yeah like i remember one time was one uh, sebastian got off and like some girl like just walking uh, the stairs and they she told her friend it's like oh that guy is such an asshole but i like him yeah and to me that was like oh my god that's that's Sold. what it is yeah. it's like that's that's why you know like yeah he can be he can do that he can be the asshole and be likable. Ren Azizi has the same thing. I've, I've witnessed a lot of girls being like, that guy's he seems like a huge asshole. And like, oh, you didn't like him? No, no, I liked him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. Like, oh, okay. And I realized for me, like, I can't be that. Like, because if I look like, and that's one thing I always, uh, when I started doing comedy, like, you know, because... Either way I look and people yeah. will be like, why is this guy doing comedy and all this shit? Yeah. So that's oh, why. Fuck this good looking guy. Yeah. So I would be like. Soap opera good looks, <laughs> fucking stealing our stage time. We get it. You're great looking. Get out of here. So I would like, I was, that's why my first go to was, okay, I'm going to make fun of myself and I'm going to be like, look, I'm not. I'm, that's smart. You know, because I yeah. realize like I can't, you know, I can't be that. I don't look like people are not going to like the asshole guy. Yeah. You know, especially. I'm, I'm lucky. I've got the look. People look at me and they're like, man. Young guy, he's not much to look at. He can be an asshole. You better be funny with that fucking face, guy. Yeah, he'd be an asshole. I like. Yeah. It. All right, let's go. Yeah, yeah I could tell. I think I'd be pissed off too if I had that guy's face. <laughs> That's what people just offended that you would. Oh, we get it. You're better than us. Quit insulting us, guy. <laughs> Self-deprecation, though. No, I mean, that's, and for me, yeah, that's I even to this day, I still do it. And it's like, it's because until people start getting to know you, you know, and, and now obviously now, like the more now I do now I can 
you know, not even being an asshole, but I can make fun of 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 people. Right. And then but it's it's not it's now it's likable. Now yeah, it's like yeah. how I make fun of my friends. Right. And they still laugh about it. You yeah. Know? You know, but that's the thing that you learn. It takes time. It yeah. takes time, you know, like it's yep. funny because with comedy, like I remember like doing just spot luck stuff and then like every once in a while something would click. And I'd be like, mm, okay, fuck. That, yeah, that works that, well. That's the first time I, I got a different laugh that I never heard. Right. I'm like, okay. And then you start, f- and then another, like, then bit. a year later, something clicks again. Right. And I'm like, oh, okay. Now, I'm, you know, even to this day, I, there's stuff that clicks for me now. I'm like, oh, okay. Now I can do that. Right. It's a, it's a never ending experience, you know? Yeah. Always learning. I, I, we, I think we did La Jolla last year together, yeah. maybe two years ago, something mm-hmm. like that. That was my first time seeing you. Do an extended set. Yeah. And I was definitely impressed where it was like, holy shit, this guy is fucking, he's changed Yeah, his fucking, and, his and, whole demeanor. And it's funny because I always, there's one thing that you told me once and that I still remember to this day. It was like, because I always have like things that people tell me like that it stays forever. And like, I remember like, because, you know, I'm, you're the way that you do crowd work is amazing. And I was, you know, it's, it's just like few people can just do that. And, you know, and it's, it's amazing. So I was like, remember one time you told me, I was like, I, I think I asked you like, so how do you like, how do you know when to talk to people, whatever, you know? And I'm like, and you told me like, look, when you talked, if I, if you, if I see somebody that they're not, they could see that they're not being uncomfortable about it. I just move away and then you start yeah. talking. And like, and that to me to this day, I, I use it all the time because yeah. I, it's not like I do crowd work just to sometimes just to get into jokes. Yeah, and it makes it makes I mean, the experience more. Yeah, uh, I guess natural appearing. It makes yes. it seem more authentic yeah. and in the moment. Yes. Yeah. But then, but I use that thing that you told me, like to this day, of like I see somebody, I'm like, okay, this guy doesn't want to be talked to, or this girl doesn't want to talk to, right. I move on and move talk yeah. to somebody else. You and know? same thing with you get some guy who's being an asshole or trying to be clever. Yes. And he's giving you stupid answers. You just move on. Yeah. And that's a, a lot of people get stuck on people. I mean, it took me a while to figure that shit out too, but it's just one of those rules that if you're not going to hit every time when you're, when you're just improvising with shit, but if you, you get to one of those moments where it's just not going, you just move on quickly and people forget about it. It doesn't, it's not like they're sitting there thinking like, man, yeah. He didn't really, he wasn't that funny when he was talking to that guy. Yeah. I'm just happy you moved on. Most of the people, like, that's the thing. Like, sometimes, like, we know what we're doing, but most of the audience, they don't know what we're doing. So sometimes, even when a joke doesn't hit, right. like, you can, if you just pretend like, oh, it's supposed to not hit, yeah. they're like, okay. Yeah. They don't even, because it's move like, on. just move on. But a lot of the times, like, you know, like, the thing is like, oh, that joke bomb. Like, yeah, don't say it. Yeah. Like, just go up and do it. Like, unless yeah. you're really bombing the whole thing, then you have to talk about and it. Then you, you know? Yeah, then admit it, because you might be able to get something out of trying yeah. to save the... It's a, it's a fine line, because it's funny, because, like, it's a fine line when stuff doesn't work, where you have to say it, and where you could just, something didn't work, and just don't pretend it, you know, and just move on. But, like, yeah. it's just experience. You know when to use it or not. I don't know. I remember watching uh, Benji, a follow, yeah. uh, do a set one time, and he was cr- doing crowd work, and he would say something to someone in the crowd, mean, just like, yeah. you know, whatever it was. And it wasn't, like, tragically mean. It was just, like, you know, little snide yeah. comments. And then after each one, he would apologize. And I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. Yeah. And he got off stage. I'm like, dude, never apologize. Yeah. He's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, never show weakness. Yeah. yeah like yeah. if you just move on, they'll be okay with yes. it. They know you're not picking on someone. I mean, if you, if you really grill into one person, that's kind of shitty yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 
if as long as you just keep moving on, you don't have to apologize for mm-hmm. shit. And if you do, it should be in like a jokey manner. Like, yeah. oh, I'm sorry, I don't know why I said that. And then yeah. just move on. Yeah, yeah. But you yeah. definitely don't need to be like, oh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. Yeah, because it takes away from the. Now the crowd's like, oh, fuck this apologetic yeah, 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 asshole. Yeah, like, you're a pussy. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, is, yeah. that is what it is. It's, it's like, like, you're a fucking pussy. I always compare, like, stand up to me is a lot like trying to get a, like, hit on a girl. Mm-hmm. Like, if you show any weaknesses, if you show any, like, that you care so much, like you, st- you still have to get the crowd, but at the same time, you still have to uh, be yourself. So right. if you start showing like you have to be everything authentic. that you care, like, is this w- okay with you? Right. Like a girl is like, get fuck the fuck yeah, out of yeah. here. You're like, give coward. me a real man. Yeah. Like this guy, like, they, so it's the same thing. It's like, you gotta get him like, and, and that's the thing. Every time you go do a set, like people don't know you, you have to get them in your way of thinking and your way of point of view you know you yeah. can't just right away think you know like you know so it's like everything's different like you're it's like and every crowd is like a different girl you gotta yeah you gotta I, I, I noticed my uh when i was single back in the day when i was a young oh, man, man when you were and just, uh, uh i was attracting the ladies by the handful when you just the bachelor party That's like it. tom hanks man <laughs> i was more like the barry diamond of barry bachelor Di- party that's funny because i uh, watched it the other day and i was like oh that's, that's fucking barry diamond <laughs> um but yeah I, one thing i always noticed i thought was funny is the the few times it, it didn't happen very often but the few times that i'd have like a girl come up to me afterwards and there's some comics that it's you know I'm so some of its looks I'm sure but some of it's just the way they present comedy in general Brian Callens and yeah. like guys like that where it's like they just attract girls yeah so some of the few times when I had girls come up to me afterwards they'd come up and after like five minutes you could tell that they were just like oh he's actually a lot nicer than I yeah, thought and yeah. their interest would just yeah. wane like well, he was such a such a charming asshole on stage and now he just seems like a nice guy fuck that him. happens with me too because they go like well boy you're not that, that guy yeah. like like well it's like because also like that's another thing too like people think like i can't be on all the time like yeah. i those people are the worst like th- those are the worst like can we just have a normal conversation can you just chill the fuck out and be normal for a minute <laughs> because we're gonna make fun we're gonna be funny naturally because right. i think that's the key of like of to me that's one of the biggest keys to be is of a real Comedian, like you gotta be funny natural. That's one of the big differences to me between comedians and improv actors is in general, comedians don't feel the need to fucking put it on 100% all the time. Yeah, there's a lot of my actor friends or improv, mainly sketch comedy slash improv actor friends that I I had. I don't really have them anymore, I guess, but they were it was always they were always putting their show on, doing their character and. Yeah, yeah, like we had a party or something, and he'd be doing his yeah, fucking character. He's like, "What are you doing, man? <laughs> yeah, yeah, calm down." Yeah, yeah. It's like it, I was always like, like I was always even when I started, I was like, all these guys who so was everything was just trying to be like, you just got off stage. Why do yeah. you keep doing the same? Yeah, uh, let the like, shtick end. Yeah, yeah, it's over. Like, because even though you're like, like we're trying, we're ourselves on stage. We're still. Uh, doing a performance right. so it's like we're I always say like like I'm always I'm the same on stage but I'm like exponentially times 10 or something so right. I'm like it's like because obviously I can't be my normal self like yeah, when yeah. I'm watching Netflix on the morning you know like on Sunday morning like, I would watch that set <laughs> 
Just you <laughs> silently watching Netflix for 15 minutes. <laughs> the, 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 the art is what that would be. By the way, that's, that's on YouTube right now. <laughs> yeah, check that out. It's got two views. <laughs> Can't compete with a, every Nickelback <laughs> video out there. It has 18 million views, but until you see Francisco watching Netflix, you haven't lived. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, we're obviously all an exaggeration of ourselves yeah. on stage, but but still the, the realer you are, yeah, the funnier it's going to be. That, yeah. That's one of the best things about the comedy store to me is real comedy store comedians. Uh, there's, there's something really authentic about them, mm -hmm. and a lot of it has to do with how fucking brutal the original yeah. room is. Yeah. Like, if you go up there and you start doing your fake shtick, the crowd will eat will you be, alive. And it's amazing how, like, it's just a room that I don't know what the fuck happened. Because, like, that same crowd could go to another and they'll be a lot happier and they're like they're, yeah. they're laugh but yeah they're room. I've watched I've watched so many uh I don't know I don't want to say fake comedians but I've watched so many comedians who don't truly know who they are I guess yeah, who put an act Th yeah it's who an do act. a formula or an act and yeah. they they just go in there and eat dicks uh, I, one of my favorite things I've seen them do well in there but one of the first times I ever watched uh, Dane Cook at the comedy store. Yeah. He came in and he was fucking huge then. This yeah. is like early, I want to say 2005 or six or something. And he was still really, really big. And he showed up and he was just acting like a fucking cocky prick. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I just remember being like, man, that sucks. Everyone was like, oh, fuck, Dane's here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever it was, everyone was mad and accusing him of being a, a thief or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, he went on stage and just was giving it full throttle. And at the time, like he's doing, you know, 2000 plus seaters yeah, all yeah. the time. Yeah. And just crushing. Yeah. And he came in with that same attitude. Uh, yeah, yeah. Same attitude, that same like bravado of I'm going to fucking perform for 20,000 people. Yeah. And I don't actually have to connect with any of yeah, them. I just got to do a performance. The energy yeah. of this many people is going to make it great. And he just went up and ate a dick so bad on stage. Wow. And it's just silent. The only laugh in the whole room was Jay Davis sitting in the back of the room. Just going, that's great. Oh, that's great, Dane. And like him trying to overcompensate for the lack of laughter in the room. Dane being like, I don't know what's wrong with you guys, man. I, there's something wrong with all of you. And just being in the back being like, yeah, no, yeah, there, yeah. there is. We want something real. That's what's wrong yeah, with us. No, that is, I mean, that, it's, uh, that is the, the main thing that I learned in and they in the I may become a real person on stage. I yeah. mean that's what like you said that's like uh every uh true uh comedy store guy or girl you know like I mean it's such a you see them perform not even in the arb or anywhere and you go like that's a oh that's a yeah. comedy store. Yeah. Like troop. It's like it's like being like to me it's like going to like being a seal. Yeah. Like being like they you get f so fucked up like you gotta get beat out of it. Like they, yeah, they warp your brain, but yeah. you come out on the other side. And fucking, you're like, oh, okay, so now I'm like, you know, yeah, a fucking mutant. Yeah, so. yeah, it, and it it also helps in uh, situations like I was in Lake Tahoe doing shows at the Improv up there. You went back. I went back. <laughs> it's actually strangely enough, I went and found the the building where I did a comedy. Oh, really? Because the the Improv is right. It's uh, in a casino called Harvey's. Yeah. It's literally on state line. Oh, wow. So on the California side, there's a bunch of weed shops and shit. <laughs> and then you cross state line and there's a casino. Uh, so you got the best of California and Nevada, uh, South yeah. Lake Tahoe. Yeah. So um, it was four miles from the casino to the 
place where I first did comedy. So I went up and acted like an asshole and yeah. took selfies in front of the building. <laughs> like, oh, it's the first place I did comedy. <laughs> and uh, and it, it's really beautiful up there and it's really fun. But I went in April and uh, they got no snow this year. And so it's basically a ski resort town. And without With no ski, snow, yeah. there's, there's, it, there's no one there. Yeah. So a lot of the shows on the, during the week were it's uh, I think you do Wednesday through Sunday. Yeah. So like Wednesday, Thursday, there's like 20 people yeah. in a room big enough for 250 or 300 or something. Like the main room. Yeah. And so it's like the first row and a half essentially is filled. And I remember the guy just apologizing being like, yeah, sorry, you know, it's kind of mm-hmm. tough. We didn't yeah. ski season was cut short this year or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Just like, whatever. I don't care. You get paid the same. Yeah. I went out and the crowd was great. Yeah. It was 20 people having fun. They're all on vacation. And I got off. He's like, wow, man, you did really well. I'm like, that's, a, that's, that's, the, that's OR. the fucking OR, man. That's, the OR in that's what happens. Yeah, like yeah. there were years here where, where 20 people would have been a fucking like blessing. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, there's, there's three rows of people here tonight. Yeah. And it's fucking so great now. The, the comedy store is in full bloom. It's, now it's like, yeah, it's, it's, crazy. A, it's a rebirth of, it is, of man. like, uh, I mean, I never, I mean, yeah, because I w- started working where it was popular, but it, nothing like like how it is right now. Yeah. Like, I mean, this is just crazy. Before before Tommy started doing the lineups, when Mitzi was still trying to put lineups together, it was bad. The lineups were just bad. Uh, there'd be like two or three comics that were funny and then just leftover shit from the 90s that shouldn't <laughs> have been going up. And it, I mean, and it was, it sounds like, I sound like a prick I'm, saying I'm, that, I'm, but. But was it like, because uh, right now, like what what's new now about the comedy store, like there is a lot of new guys but that are established yeah. that are you know that that are coming here like at that time when Mitzi was like she wasn't getting those same guys or like or no she, just- she she had her her people and uh, she had started her mind had started to go a little bit at that point and and it deteriorated pretty quickly after a while but um she she went with like who she remembered oh, okay and so it was uh there's a lot of like just comics that just, they honestly had no business performing at the comedy okay. store. Yeah. And, you know, they might crush at, you know, Johnny's ha ha in Wyoming or whatever, but and, uh, they're here. Uh, and it, it was Missouri. Like, yeah. Brazen, Missouri. It was brutal. Like I'd sit and watch some of the nights just be like, I mean, I'm not that yeah. good, but I'm, I'm at yeah. least this good. And also cause they were doing, I guess the same things that were back popular back in the early eighties. It, it was. Yeah. yeah. We're like, cause it, comedy now is like, it's a different. It's not right. You gotta be real. Yeah, yeah. it's like not, not, you can't be sticky or anything like that. No, people don't want to hear if if you're gonna do observational stuff, it has to be a character. Yeah, like I mean, you you have to be a character. Yeah, yeah, you don't yeah. need to do a character, but yeah. you have to be one. Yeah, and it has to really connect because yeah, yeah. you have to be want. real. I mean, you just yeah. have to be like so. You can't do yeah, like you're saying. Like if you're doing a character, it's because you are the character. Right, you can't. You can't be like, oh, I'm just gonna do the right. And like the the guys who are, are destroyers right now, like the biggest comics in the game, are, are just them. Yeah, Bill Burr's, yeah, uh, Louis C.K. Yeah, all yeah, these guys, they're, they're just they're, they're monsters, and yeah. they're not up there doing shtick. They're fucking. They're just being themselves. They're keeping it real, and they're telling you That's, their hilarious opinions on things. Yeah, the crowd last night in the main room was fucking electric. Right, really? we're all there to see Bill Burr. Okay, and uh. He brought up Maz. Maz did great. He yeah. brought me up. Yeah. I had a great set. Yeah. And I just got off stage. It was like one of those 
times where you're just like, fuck, I wish I could have done more two yeah, hours. Yeah, yeah. Where they're like so into you that so you're like, into yeah, it yeah. and they were just so much fun and it's the so much fun when you get into to. that fan of like of that yeah. group God. of like, man, they get me and like yeah. even when I go like, hey, I mean they laugh. I'm like, what the fuck? That wasn't yeah. even like they just setups are crushing. They just get you. Like, and and I I just watched Bill Burr just destroy and like just you could tell from the ovation he got yeah. that they were there to see him. Yeah. yeah. And it just I got off just like, man, I'm so fucking glad that that this is the era that's going on now. Yeah, like these yeah, are the yeah. people coming in and Adam's brought in so many yeah. celebrity types, even yeah. that Tommy never would have put up mm-hmm. and David Spades and yeah. Rob Schneider, and even Tom Papa. Tonight, yeah, Papa. It's like, it's the, the stuff like, I think it's like, yeah, I mean, it's like, it sounds it, like right now you see it. I'm like, it's obvious. Like why did he, like, why would you not do that? But like, yeah. And I mean, I, I, mean, I, I, and I still talk to Tommy enough that, you know, he has issues with, a lot of things the comedy store is doing right now, which I find amusing that he still cares that much, which it's hard to not care, I guess, once you were here as long well, as he was, someone, but yeah. he, uh, because he wanted to do he, the same thing that Tom, that, that Mitzi was doing. Yeah. To him, to him, this place just should only be comedy college. And it's great for that. And I, I never want it to not be that. And I'm glad, like, it's funny cause I'm still glad that I even came before this new wave Yeah, because I would not have developed no, no, that, for sure. I, 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 as I did, it's a different it's because a different now it's now. like. But I think it's a it's like a balance. It's like yeah, keep it comedy college, but at the same time you gotta play the game and like, right. know that like it's not and it's not a headliner show. Yeah. So the show isn't hurt by putting David Spade up for fifteen minutes or letting him do twenty or something, yeah. and it's gonna bring a crowd in. Yes. And uh, yeah, you see, like when you put you got like, fifteen people on the lineup. There's no reason you can't have and some big and these guys. Yeah, the big names are gonna bring people. Joe like Rogan, Joe Rogan. Like when you go and right. you see Joe Rogan is in the thing, everything sells out because yeah. they want to see Joe Rogan. But then it makes the whole show better because all these other guys can. We and all also, like to- as comics, it's like we need sometimes to perform in, like you were saying, in a, such a great crowd. It just gives us that bump of right. like, okay, that I'm doing good. Like this I is know, what, yeah, I'm doing the right thing. Like I'm like, cause, this is why I suffer through sets some yes, nights. Yes, because sometimes we're like, oh, we just do this. Uh, especially when like when you start, you do so many crappy sets, and then when you get into a front of a crowd, I'm like, oh, I am good. Yeah, it's like it gives you this whole thing of like, okay, yeah, I'm I making I'm, the right decisions. I'm doing in life. the right, yeah, 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 you know. Um, and so, uh, recently you were, you did last comic standing. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. I was, uh, I just, uh, I was, I made it to the top 10. Nice. So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a great experience. I mean, it was, uh, it was, it was, I guess it was fun. I mean, it was, uh, it was, uh, great doing it. I learned a lot how to, uh, how to perform on TV, you know, right. how to perform in, you know, in the short sets and keeping it tight and all this stuff just like right just you know so uh it was uh it, it was great i mean i think it was like uh, it was great exposure you know people yeah. you know i'm getting you know it's not like it's not crazy but i'm definitely i'm getting the most social at, uh media attention activity yeah. that i ever had you know and, you know like i mean it's not just my mom now favorite <laughs> right you know but uh that's awesome yeah so no it was, it was great so I'm, I'm really happy and i think it's uh it's, you know, it's just, and to me, it's like, yeah, it's just, again, it's, it's like in this whole game of, of this industry, it's just, it's another, it's another step, it's another thing in the resume, right? You know, that's it. You know, like I'm great. Okay. Now, you know, like, everything that moves you, you along is a good thing. Yes. Yeah. Takes you to another level. Yes. So that's good. Yeah. Um, and uh, do you have, uh, do you have podcasts or anything? Movies, TVs, other uh, things you're working on? Well, I mean, I um, I also got, I mean, I, I got lucky to be, I'm going to, uh, I had uh, 
too, uh, like a small part in this uh, Maria Bamford's new show and Netflix called, uh, it's going to be called Lady Dynamite. Okay. And uh, that's going to be next year. So I, I mean, I'm in a couple of episodes of that. So that's, that's cool. That's a great, I yeah, mean, it's a awesome. lot of, uh, doing it's some acting, getting your acting chops getting out the there. Getting acting chops there, you know? So, uh, so doing that. And then, uh, D- didn't you do voices or something? I on? did. A vo- that was my first thing I ever did. I was, uh, I did a voice for, uh, for the animated movie Rio, I Rio, was, uh, that's right. I was the uh, I was the lead mo- the king monkey because people always ask me like which monkey were you? Well, the only one had lines. I mean, <laughs> I didn't get hired just to do fucking monkey noises. <laughs> oh yeah, that's me, monkey. Frank, you are great, very believable. Number forty seven, that was me. Yeah. So I did that. That's the first thing that I ever got. Like that's the first. I even got that while I was working. I was because. Where I was used to work in Century City, and the the audition was in Fox, which is right there. Right there, yeah. And I basically I told like my I was like, oh, I gotta go to the doctors. Smart. And I went and did the audition and came back, and then like I had to go back again. So I would keep telling them that I had to go to the doctor. <laughs> like this guy's sick as shit. He's dying on us, man. We can't fire him. He's sick as hell. Yeah. So yeah. So I got that, and then you know, and then and then little parts here and you know like and stuff, and you know, but. Uh, uh, I mean, eventually I want to keep doing, you know, I want to get to a point where I can start a headliner here and there, and right. just, you know, hopefully that, that happens. I'm doing a lot of colleges right now. Nice. So that's, uh, that's what I'm doing right now. Mostly like road gigs, you know, and, uh, and yeah, you know, just keep, keep, keep getting, trying to get better here get at the comedy store, here, you know, coming here to the gym. Keep growing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's fine. It's nice. It's finally a gym with an audience. So yes, yes. It's finally um, now can somebody's like, yeah, can I spot you? <laughs> yeah. P- people are really enjoying watching you work out, which is, <laughs> it's, a, it's a really nice feeling. Let them see your bulge <laughs> and your workout shorts. <laughs> uh, wh- where can they find you on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, t- Twitter at Francisco Ramos and uh, Instagram and Snapchat, because that's a thing now you got. The kids are Snapchatting. Snapchat. I still haven't. I've never Snapchatted. But. I'm, st- I'm, 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 I'm. It's amazing. I'm, I, I re- That's when you realize that, like, you like, you start feeling old. Where, like, I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to figure out what Snapchat is about. Like, yeah. because, like, I go to these colleges and, like, all they do is just take, like, I can I take a picture with you, Snapchat, boom. And I'm going like, well, doesn't that disappear? Yes. Yeah, like, so I was like, what's the point of the picture? Like, you don't even, you don't even know who I am. So worth it for for 15 uh, for, minutes yes. or however long it lasts. But uh, so yeah, I mean, if, uh, it's it's got to be dying because I recently considered downloading it, and that's like the ultimate sign that something is in decline. It's once I'm like, all right, I'm getting on this, and then people are gonna be like, no. that was we old like, man Ingram's on there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. No, no, I think that's that's essentially it's sticking around. Sticking around. Right. Uh, so uh, I won't scare Instagram the kids away. and and Snapchat is at F Ramos Comedy. That's not fuck Ramos. That's uh, at F Ramos. F Ramos Comedy. Okay. I get it. And and yeah, and then you can Google me, Francisco Ramos, Facebook, all that. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, appreciate talking to you. Yeah, and, no, uh, it's thank always you. to to me. My favorite episodes are these are the guys that came up through here. Yeah. I mean, you can interview a comic. He's like, yeah, tell me your comedy store yeah, story. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I got passed three years ago. Yeah. And yeah. I perform. And you're <laughs> yeah. like, do you have any personal story? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I don't. Okay, well, yeah, not even. I mean, to me, the best thing that I always remember, like that I have uh, before we get out of here, is like. I was uh, working, you know, and I, I was working the back door. And, right. you know, as a back door, you have to uh, put the sign up, the marquee. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which I, I don't know why they still don't put like a, make it electronic yeah. or something. But uh, so like, I remember it was pouring rain and I had to go and put, and I was like, it was Doc. And if people, you know who Doc is, he's like four foot five. Yeah. And he's the one holding the 
the thing. <laughs> and I'm like putting the thing, pouring rain. And I'm like, and I remember I had this, like this thought in my head. I'm like, hope this is worth it. Like, I'm <laughs> yeah. like, what am I doing? Like, I, like this whole thing comes up. Like I went to school, I went to college. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, changing, I could die right now. I'm changing plastic letters on a goddamn marquee. Someone rain. else's name. Yeah, I'm not yeah. even putting my no, name No, up. not even mine. Yeah. yeah, it's somebody else. Yeah, so... I always remember that. I was like, I hope this is worth it. I remember telling myself, I was like, I hope, but it was. Um, all right. Well, uh, thanks for being on the podcast and uh, you you going on the road or anything? I am. Up? I am. Well, I'm doing a Cabo Comedy Festival. So, okay. you know, so I'll be great. That'll be fun. You know? All right. And so I'm doing, you know, just, yeah, like, I mean. Look him up online. Him you up can online, find yeah. all of his, uh, his <laughs> dates and go and check him out. It's, yeah. uh, it's a good show. You'll enjoy it. Um, well, thanks for being on. I appreciate it. Thank you. And uh, thanks for listening to Comedy Store Podcast, 8433 Sunset. If you're in L.A., come check it out. We're right in the heart of the Sunset Strip, and uh, shows are, are really great right now. So it's a uh, guarantee you're going to enjoy yourself. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening, guys.